You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman, bringing you the uh, weekly pod after a four-point weekend. The Broncos with a couple of wins over the Edmonton Oil Kings, and uh, that Saturday night game, uh, both games entertaining in their own right, but Saturday night, very entertaining, and it was encouraging to see our boys find a way to win. was, yeah. I mean, obviously, give uh, give credit to Edmonton. They they didn't really roll over and, and accept defeat, uh, push back from... One nothing, two one, three two, and then kept things uh, kept things tight, kept things interesting, and you know, good to see the Broncos not uh, not kind of falter with that and not get frustrated with uh, the team keeping to, to push back. So uh, it was great to see them get the job done. You know, get a couple of late goals to to finally get that two goal separation. And like you said, anytime you can get four points on a weekend, uh, you're certainly happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Saturday night's game, an, an emotional start with Caleb Y. Rostock's mom dropping the puck for the ceremonial face-off. Uh, she's in the midst of a, of a battle with cancer. She got the standing ovation from the Innovation Plex crowd, which was just heartwarming and awesome to see. And then what a moment as Caleb opens the scoring minutes later. Yeah, I feel like he just knew he was gonna he was gonna score at some point in that game, and for him to get the first one was uh, was certainly pretty cool. And um, you know, talking about his his cancer fundraiser, it's taken a, a huge jump since uh, the start of that weekend. I think he was at a little under four thousand at the start of last weekend, and now it's pushing up on six right now. So uh, certainly got a big boost from that weekend, and uh, we're hoping that it's going to keep on growing now as his. His new goal is now 7,500. Right on. On the podcast this week, our feature guest is going to be Connor Vidston. And, of course, we'll have our chat with uh, head coach Devin Pratt, break down things from, from this past weekend and look forward to the team's road trip coming up as uh, they head to the 204 into Manitoba. But Connor Vidston, looking forward to having him on the pod for the first time this season. Uh, you know, he's someone... His stock has really, really shot up since since this time last year. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. You know, just his his second half of the year was so good. It got him not only on the NHL draft radar, but it got him invited to Team Canada for the World Under 18s and. Uh, totally just kind of changed his his trajectory, I think. Um, you know, him really realizing how talented he is and how good he can be, and he's really taken that and running it with it now, sitting second in team scoring and just having a phenomenal year so far, and I know he's only going to keep getting better. Yeah, and, and just such a well-rounded player as well. You know, you, you always hear about the 200-foot game, and he's someone who really personifies that. He is, yeah. I mean, you, you got guys who you really rely on to, to create offense, and, and not only that, but he he creates that offense but also is out there killing penalties uh, he's you know the first guy back as a centerman covering defensively he's blocking shots he's got a great stick to break up plays whether it's you know trying to block shots or poking pucks away to create chances for himself so he really is that uh, that pure definition of a, of a 200 foot player and I'm glad that he's getting the recognition he deserves because uh, he's taken some serious uh, serious strides over the past year yeah and uh it- in your opinion, is the rest of the league taking note of the Swift Current Broncos as a shorthanded threat? <laughs> because you you look at special teams numbers from this past weekend against Edmonton, and at times our power play's really been rolling. But uh, you know, when was the last time? I'm not even sure if this team has ever scored three shorthanded goals in a game. Yeah, my uh, one of my favorite Twitter followers is Jeffrey Brando, who's got the most wildest CHL stats you'll ever find. I don't know how this guy finds all this stuff, but I did ask him if he could find when the last time Swift Current scored three shorthanded goals in a game was. In he said he couldn't find it so 
that might mean it's from at least the mid-90s uh, before that. So uh, pretty impressive stuff uh, from the team getting three in one night, and then they go back and get another one on Saturday. So nine shorthanded goals on the year. Only Winnipeg's got more with ten. And I think he had also said that over the past four years combined, Swift Curran had 11 shorthanded goals. Yeah, and uh, there was a point, the the guy who does the in-venue music sits beside me, and uh, when we took a penalty and were shorthanded, he actually played the power play song. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, dude, we're we're shorthanded. He's like, I know. Trust me, it'll work. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't because they scored on the following power play. So we we got a little cocky in the production room, and okay, lesson learned, fair enough. But uh, yeah, that was a fun weekend of hockey. It was, yeah. No, just great to see the guys uh, get back to 500 and a couple of good wins uh, you know guys are feeling good feeling happy feeling uh, energized and hopefully over the uh, the bug that was running through the locker room that's basically been going through the whole league and obviously a big test coming up this weekend heading to uh, Winnipeg to take on the top team in the league well yeah Winnipeg uh, Friday night and then Brandon Brandon beneath us in the standings but uh that rink is just a tough one to win in. It is, yeah. The Broncos picked up uh, picked up one win there last year. Remember Connor Vinston, speaking of, scored the overtime winner in the, in the game that they won the year last year. So that, that place can be a pretty intimidating rink to play in, I think. Uh, obviously, that team has been so good for so long. They've taken a bit of a step back this year. But coaching change for them uh, earlier this week. So they're going to have uh, you know a fresh face behind the bench and some newfound motivation with that, I'm sure. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one, I think. Broncos in Winnipeg Friday night and then Brandon Saturday. And then their next game after that is going to be the following Tuesday. They're in Lethbridge, so we're we're a bit of a stretch here without any action here at Innovation Plex. Yeah, three straight games on the road, and uh, following that Tuesday game, they're coming back home to play uh, at home against Calgary the next night, so uh, a bit of a tough uh, road stretch there. A couple of nights in hotels in Winnipeg, long travel back from Brandon after the game on Saturday, jumping right back on the bus on Tuesday to head to Lethbridge, and then uh, you know a late arrival back before getting ready for Wednesday's game, but you know every team at some point in the year goes through uh, a stretch like that, and and right now it's the Broncos' turn to, to fight through some long uh, long miles on the bus, and uh, we'll see how they handle it. Yeah, we got uh, the next home game, a Wiener Wednesday against the Calgary Hitmen, as you say, and then uh, fired up December 10th, Lethbridge is in town. That'll be the Teddy Bear Toss game. Yeah, looking forward to the Teddy Bear Toss. I think the players always look forward to it, too. There's some serious bragging rights on the line in the locker room for whoever gets that uh, that Teddy Bear Toss goal, and we made our predictions last week. I'm sticking with our feature guest here this week with Connor Vidston. Connor Vidston, yeah, I uh, I was all over Caden Sadra Kang, going, going off the board a little bit, but uh, yeah, Teddy Bear Toss, always a fun night Friday, December 10th. All right, on the pod this week, our feature guest is Connor Vidston. We'll also go down the pipeline brought to you by Crescent Point and have a chat with a Swift Current kid. He was drafted in the 2022 WHL Prospects Draft. Second round pick, Parker Rondeau, a member of the Home Hardware Legionnaires. But in the much more immediate future, head coach Devin Pratt on Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Coach's Show segment of Broncos this week. Devin Pratt is once again joining us. Devin, a uh, four-point weekend for your team where you scored a, a total of 10 goals. Don't want to downplay that because winning is hard in this Western Hockey League, but, uh, you know, how, how do you feel the guys handled things this weekend? Yeah, you know what? I think we got progressively better as the weekend went on. Um, like you say, anytime you take a, a four-point weekend, um, you need to be satisfied. You need to be proud of your group. And you know, it's not an easy league to win in. And Edmonton plays hard. I mean, and the longer they're in the game, the the more energy and belief they have, like uh, like all teams. So um, I thought we were a little bit sloppy puck possession and management on Friday night. And I thought it was a lot better Saturday. So uh, proud of the guys and the steps we've taken forward. And we know there's a, a great challenge ahead of us in this road trip uh, east here. 
Twites mentioned the um, 10 goals scored as a team, four of those goals coming shorthanded, uh, two of them from Josh Davies, McGinley and Adam McKnight, each finding the back of that as well, shorthanded. So your special teams, maybe not power play-wise, but shorthanded was really a uh, role in this past weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think um, power plays are, are offensive mindset and um, minded, I guess, is, is a better term for it. But they, uh, you know, it's just an opportunity for our guys. Um, you know, Josh Davies with his explosive speed to take off and, and get a stick in the lane. And then, um, you know, my mindset with that is that if you have an opening, you got to take it. You gotta, you gotta challenge, and you know um, sometimes you're gonna lead to drawing penalties, scoring chances, a little bit of momentum, or score a goal. Um, so it, we don't want to over over possess the puck uh, shorthanded or try to do too much or beat guys one on one. But I'm really proud of the guys, and I thought uh, Saturday's night one was a, a great one where kind of a forward was on and the other guy was layering up with uh, Pelche and Philman, and then uh, kind of a continued couple small attacks and a bit of a broken play and McGinley's right there jumping down so um, yeah I mean it's not something you sit down and try and rely on is scoring shorthanded goals but we're going to take them I'm proud of the guys for some growth in that area yeah and you found ways to win you know that that Saturday game especially uh, 5-3 win not a not a close hockey game I mean one where uh, you definitely got some pushback from the opposition there and yet you guys found a way to win yeah, and that's, you know, this uh, continued growth uh, is that any team can win any night and you need to just stick with it. That was one of those nights where we felt that our, we were extending cycles more, our possession game was better, we were limiting the opportunities against, and, um, you know, we just weren't uh, separating ourselves enough on the scoreboard. And uh, I came, we just stuck with it and, you know, took 50, 55 minutes for it to break through, but proud of the guys with that. And um, I think both games, we had timely saves. Reed Dick Friday night, big save at the end of the first period a uh, big save in the second period um, and then also uh, Gage Alexander on Saturday night and a couple of big saves in the third period when things got tight so I think you only got one of the six periods from last weekend with Connor Vidston was still kind of fighting through that uh, illness that was going through the team and now with no games until this Friday you're hoping that uh, the team is uh, mostly back to full health for this coming weekend yeah yeah that'll be the plan here we'll get an update tomorrow and and go from there but uh, you know Connor's a guy you, you definitely notice when he's not in the lineup he just uh, log so much valuable minutes for us and 200 foot responsibility but I thought guys did a great job stepping up in the opportunity and um, you know we threw together a couple new lines and new combos and I thought things responded pretty well so um, you know I think we get a couple days of practice here and prepare and head east and got a great measuring stick there and Winnipeg on home ice. Yeah, exactly. You know, let, let's talk a little bit more about the goaltending performances you got this weekend. You, you had to be really happy with what Reed Dick did for you on Friday night, as you mentioned there, Devin. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, both guys have gotten to a spot here um, of consistency these last 15, 16 games of giving us an opportunity to win every night and <clears throat> standing tall in those timely saves, as I say. So, um, you know, for Reed, the process has been there a lot of the year. The results haven't necessarily followed at times, and sometimes it's hard to put a finger on exactly what that is with goal support or what it may be but um, you know proud of him and his uh, resiliency to just keep showing up to the rink working hard and giving us an opportunity when he's in the net and like I say those timely saves are key to to keep the separation early and then also just down the stretch and again Gage uh, doing the job for us as well um, plays the puck extremely well back there and a big save uh, when the game was 3-3 a little bit of a broken kind of two-on-two into a two-on-one that uh you know, for a big man, you got to cross pretty quick, so uh, timely save, and that's what you ask of your goaltenders is, is giving yourself the opportunity to win.
Those two wins got you back to 500 at now 11 and 11 after a two and seven start. So certainly happy with the way the guys have kind of found a groove here over the past month or so. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, nine and four over our last 13. And that's not something you're going to bank on is taking those, uh, those stretches, but it's something that we think is more in line with what we have in the room. Um, the talent, the the compete, and the character that we have in the room, as compared to the two and seven start. But um, it's junior hockey, and you know, no lead safe. Um, you know, anyone can win any night. So, like I say, um, we're get we got back to the 500 here for about the third time I think since the season started, and now it's trying to get over that hump and, and progress and push into a very important time in our schedule before Christmas break. Yeah, and it's not an easy time in your schedule. Uh, this Friday night, you're in uh, a tough barn to win in. You know, it's your first trip of the season to Winnipeg. Yeah, um, I thought we played Winnipeg extremely well on home ice here. Special teams, I think we gave up three power play goals against and then a shorthanded goal, and so five on five was a one nothing game. But um, really important that we're just prepared and on our toes and ready to play with pace because um, they, they move um, to, you know, full 200 feet and their power play is pretty deadly. So, um, you know, we'll respect that and we'll be preparing and, and put our best foot forward. And I think our team's taken a step um, since the last time we saw them which speaks to kind of how we've played in the record we have this last little stretch. So um, we feel that we're in a, a good spot going in to measure up and see where we're exactly we, we were at. And uh, it's going to come down to that uh, urgency and intensity on the defensive side of the puck and being prepared to grind it out for 60 minutes. Your team hasn't had a lot of travel this year. I think 15 home games and only seven road games so far this year. Three straight road games coming up here, a long trip to Winnipeg, and then Tuesday you're in Lethbridge home on Wednesday against Calgary. So four games in six days coming up here with a fair amount of travel mixed in, and that's also a good test, I think. Yeah, no question. I think this next stretch here we get pretty busy. Um, you know, add a couple more into the weekend, and you're looking at, you know, six games in 12 days or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, it's a good uh, – good spot to be in when you have all hands on deck we're healthy so um you know we're gonna have to manage some minutes and um a little bit of load management away from games but uh our guys have done a great job keeping themselves fit and in shape and prepared and you know we can't look past anything it's it's one period at a time one shift at a time and uh one game at a time here so um we're preparing for friday night and uh, the challenge that's ahead of us. Uh, real quick, uh, and this is a guy that we've talked about a few times on our podcast, but Caleb Y. Rostock, you know, just seeing what this young man is doing off the ice after he's been dealt a little bit of adversity in his, in his family life. Yeah, for sure. Extremely proud of Caleb and the way that um, he manages himself day to day and um, his, his daily life and, um, you know, thinking of his mother and, and wishing her all the best in, in her battle. And, um, you know, Caleb's a guy that uh, can be, you know, quiet at times uh, to himself but is a, is a serious guy he's a caring guy um, and he, he builds deep relationships so uh, we value him a ton in the room and I know he shared the story uh, with us and um, with the staff as well before so um, you know it was a powerful night Saturday night and a great opportunity to recognize his mother and um, at the same time the, the efforts that Caleb's making off the ice for raising awareness and money and um, you know I think everyone always everywhere is touched by someone who's, who's going through a fight with cancer and um, you know we're, we're thinking of all those people um, during the difficult times and wishing them uh, brighter days ahead for sure so I thought Caleb played great and uh, a great goal by him uh, at the end of the first period which was kind of nice scoring the first goal of the game so nice little touch that was just awesome one of those great iplex moments Devin thanks so much for doing this uh, best of luck on the road this weekend man thank you very much
It's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. But we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos. Pleased to be joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos prospect Parker Rondo. Uh, Parker, of course, you're playing uh, right here in Swift Current for the Swift Current Legionnaires. Uh, how do you feel your season is going so far? Uh, we're doing pretty well this year. We're on like a 10-game heater right now, so... Our team is looking good, and we just made the max, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, you touched on uh, the max, of course. Uh, well, I guess now it's called the Circle K Classic, but of course that's sort of like, aside from the TELUS Cup, the, the big U18 tournament that happens across the country. So when you guys got that news that you were heading there, how excited were you? Um, it was awesome. We were all we all got the letter as a team, and the cap, our captain, Hudson Darby, read it out loud, and we just went nuts. Our dressing room was just so happy we made that, ter- that tournament. And you mentioned the fact that your team has won, you know, 10 games in a row or so. I was looking up uh, last season, and you guys have already matched the win total that the Legionnaires had last season in less than half as many games. What do you think has just been working so well for you guys? Uh, Well, we've got really good coaches this year, so that's really helping. And just a great group of guys. We're always always dialed in, and, and, you know. And now, uh, and and you of course have twenty two points in twenty games, so you're a big part of that team as well. How are you finding that uh, that transition to the U eighteen level? Um, well, the first couple games were pretty hard, but I think I managed to do it pretty well because I played a couple games with them last year. And you've got some obviously some familiar teammates on that uh, on that team as well, guys you've played with in years past, uh, including some Broncos prospects and Bernie Weston and Wesley Olson. Uh, you know how great is it to be able to have uh, that sort of connection with some guys from years past? Uh, it's awesome. I love playing with my buddies, and you know we we just get that chemistry even better that we've been playing with each other longer. So it's awesome. And I mentioned the fact that you and those guys are all Broncos prospects, so I kind of wanted to go back to uh, draft day back in the summer. Uh, do you feel like you were more excited or more nervous in the days leading up to the draft? Um, well, getting closer to the draft, I was really excited for the draft just to see if my name would get called at all. But draft, when draft day came, I was so nervous. Like, I was probably the most nervous I've ever been. <laughs> and, and you know, were you talking to teams uh, throughout last season? You, you said you, you were just hoping to get picked in general, but you ended up going pretty high. So were you talking to teams throughout the year? Uh, yeah, I was talking to a couple teams. I was I had a really good tournament at Edmonton, so I was talking to most of them, but mostly my agent talked to them, so... Now, I, uh, I looked back on, on uh, the Broncos' Twitter account to see when you were drafted. I think the tweet was posted at around 12.20 in the afternoon. So can you take me through that draft day? Like, Were you able to sleep at all the day before? Um, no, I could not sleep at all. <laughs> I was just thinking about what team would pick me and where I would go. And it was just awesome when I was just with my family and friends getting picked to the Swift Current Broncos, when I, the team that I've been growing up watching. Well, and that's that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. So I'm guessing you had the you had the draft up on the screen. You know, they they live uh, broadcast the first round. Then after that, it kind of just refreshes the page with each name that pops up. So uh, were you sitting there staring at the TV and uh, you know having your heart skip a beat every time a new name popped up? Yeah, I was just I was just refreshing it every ten seconds just to see if my name was up there all the time, and it was just awesome when I just refreshed it. And, my name on the Swift Current Broncos. And you mentioned that you had been cheering for this team, you know, your whole life growing up here in Swift Current. You know, what are some of your favorite memories of uh, of watching games uh, for this team? Um, my one of my favorite memories is when they won the WHL. Um, 
I got to go on the ice because my cousin's uh, billet was on that team, so that was really cool. And who were who were some of the players that uh, you sort of grew up watching and really uh, idolizing as a, as a fan of the Broncos? Um, I really like Jake DeBrusque. He's probably one of my favorite Broncos. Kobe Cave, he's also up there too. And recently, I really liked the Heponiami guy. Now, of course, uh, another former Bronco is your dad, Jeremy, who played for this team back in the 1990s. Uh, how much has he had an impact on you and your hockey career so far? Well, he's had a huge impact. Uh, every single game, he gives me feedback. Even if I have one of my best games, I still got to do better. <laughs> Just improve, improve. And has he told you about his uh, his playing days here? I think he played five full seasons with uh, with the Broncos. Yeah, he really enjoyed it here, and he was he was just amazed when I got picked to the same team as him. And now, of course, you are, are signed by the Broncos, so you're ready to play for this team in the future. You know, have you have you thought about that moment when you're able to put on a, a WHL Broncos jersey for the first time? Yeah, I, I always think about that every night, and it would just be awesome to play there when I'm older, and maybe even next year if I could have a chance to. Awesome. Parker, I really appreciate you taking my call here, and uh, best of luck with the rest of your season with the Legionnaires, okay? Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast. Our feature guest, the pride of Tisdale, Saskatchewan, Connor Vidston joining us. Uh, Connor, thanks for making your way down and joining us here on the podcast. Uh, you, you were doing some community appearances yesterday, braving some weather to, to go meet some kids, eh? Yeah, we uh, made our way out to Kincaid there to spend a little bit of time with the school guys, and uh, no, it was a good day. Yeah, well, and you, you're you a Tisdale guy, so you're no stranger to small-town Saskatchewan, so did you feel at home with the kids at Kincaid there? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Tisdale's got a little bit of a bigger school than Kincaid yeah. there, but uh, yeah, it was good to, good to play with them. I think they had a good time, so... And it certainly seems that you're having a good time, too, here, Connor. Your second season in the Western Hockey League, uh, you're sitting second in team scoring as of today. Um, just how different do you feel now, maybe compared to early in the season last year? Um, yeah, it's a big confidence thing, just coming in as a second year, knowing what the league's like. And, uh, you know, you have a year of experience under your belt, so you definitely are a lot more confident. And uh, you're uh, playing a bigger role this year, being an older guy getting older and uh yeah it's just been a completely different start for me this year than last year well yeah and and I mean last year was such an up and down year for you because things were going pretty well and then you missed a significant amount of time in the middle of the season but you still played well enough to get yourself drafted I mean that had to be hugely rewarding yeah yeah it was and missing that month was tough but I think it was also good I got to sit and watch some games and really like um kind of step back and see how the game's played like just watching when you're not out there and I think that kind of helped my confidence as well and you had such a strong second half of the year you had 13 goals last year 10 of them came in the second half so when did you know when did the chatter with NHL teams really start to kind of pick up with you I guess it must have been at some point during that second half yeah it was it was uh about a couple weeks after I came back from taking that month off yeah, and, you know, take us through your draft day. I mean, everyone has a different draft day story. We'll ask you the classic, where were you when, and when you found out that uh, that it was Anaheim. Yeah, so I stayed stayed home in Tisdale, had uh, all my family, lots of family came over, and we were all just uh, huddled around the TV watching, and uh, I think I was having a conversation with either my mom or my uncle, and then I heard my auntie screaming in the background, and I, <laughs> 
looked up at the TV and seen my name. So obviously that's a dream come true. So. And I remember seeing the tweet from your dad with you in your Ducks jersey and Ducks hat. Just didn't waste any time getting that stuff. Where did you, where did you end up finding that? Uh, yeah, so we found it in PA, actually. We, yeah, I went and got that. So that was good. What uh, what was it like leading up to the draft? I mean, were you in contact with a lot of different teams, and did you have a feeling it was going to be Anaheim? Um, yeah, I talked to a few teams and um, had some chats with my agents and stuff, and they said uh, Anaheim was one of the highly interested teams. So uh, every time they were up, I kind of kept my eye on it. And, of course, uh, before the draft and right after the regular season had ended, you got a chance to go play for Team Canada in uh, Germany at the World Under-18. So something that, uh, you know, I remember talking to you earlier this year, you said at the start of last year you never could have imagined something like that happening. So when you got that call asking to head over to Germany, you could just kind of take us through that moment. Yeah, I think last year at the start of the year, if you would have told me I was going to Germany to play U18s, I would have laughed in <laughs> your face. But, um, yeah, no, it was definitely definitely a surprise, I think. But... Um, yeah, it was a really good opportunity, and uh, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, and you know what happened on the ice? It was well documented. There's TV cameras and everything. I, I always like the behind-the-scenes type stuff. Like when, when you remember that trip to Germany, you know, what's some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that, that didn't make the highlight reel? What, what do you remember about it? Um, well, it didn't start off so great. Our <laughs> flight was delayed, and I think we ended up sitting on a plane just – outside the airport for a couple hours before we got to take off and then we landed in Germany and rushed to the rink got dressed as soon as we got there and we were still about 20 minutes late for practice so the legs weren't uh weren't the best that day but um <laughs> yeah but as it went on it was good the team was a close team and everyone got along and stuff so yeah, it was a really good experience. It's a really nice country. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, I guess your first time over to, to Germany specifically, so getting a chance to kind of see a totally different lifestyle, totally different area of the world must have been something I'll never forget as well. Yeah, no, it was. It was my first time over in Europe. It was really nice weather the whole time and just... Everything looks like it's out of a movie scene almost. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the guys that's working with the Swift Current Broncos is uh, Travis Moen. And he's got, you know, his story not unlike yours. He's a Saskatchewan guy who ended up as part of the Anaheim Duck system. And I remember him telling the story about one of the first days he rolled up in Anaheim and his big truck was there and there was grasshoppers all over the bumper and the grill and stuff like that. And he talked about kind of a fish out of water thing. Did, did you experience that? Was, it, was that kind of... You know, any, any fish-out-of-water type dealings when, when you were there? It's uh, definitely a change from living in Tisdale, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Even just uh, walking into the rink and seeing the lineup of cars is, like, pretty pretty insane what they drive and stuff. So it does give you motivation. And how was the camp experience? You know, your first time to go down to a, an NHL camp. I think there's sort of the development camp first shortly after the draft, followed by actual training camp in the fall. So I guess starting off with the uh, development camp, you're more surrounded by guys who are closer to your age. Yeah, development camp was good. It was uh, nice to get down there and uh, just kind of meet everyone and get get skating and, and just kind of figure out how everything's going to work and stuff. And it was a good camp. I think uh, I'm happy about it. And yeah, I just got to got to meet guys too. So, yeah, and I imagine that that was a big confidence booster as well. You know, just competing with guys at that level. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you kind of try to take in everything you can, and um, yeah, just be as competitive as you can. And uh, yeah. And now, a guy who is in the Anaheim Duck system right now is uh, you know one of the best 
Swift Current Broncos of all time, and Glenn Godden. I know you had said that you had a chance to kind of talk to him a little bit about his experience here before you came back. So uh, can you kind of just tell us about that uh, conversation you had with him? Yeah, I had a few conversations with him about playing in Swift and what it's like, and he said he really enjoyed his time here, and it was uh, it was the time of his life playing junior here. So, and obviously he played a played a really big part in it, and uh, no, he said uh, all good things about Swift. So yeah, and you know this year, you know Bosch touched on it earlier. You know you finished last year strong. You're you're putting up points this year and playing a variety of, of different roles. How are things going for you this year? Do you feel? I think I've had a good start. Um, yeah, it's uh, the confidence is a huge thing, and uh, just uh, coming in as an older person, older player on the team now, and playing a little bit of a bigger role and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's been going good, and hopefully, I can keep it up. I think it's more, you know, recently uh, you tried to tough it out on the Friday game against Edmonton, but uh, weren't quite able to finish off the game. weren't able to play Saturday either. So, I guess uh, most importantly, is how are you feeling right now. Uh, yeah, so I am feeling a lot better now. Um, did have to go to the hospital after the first period against Edmonton there. Had a little bit of a heart scare, but um, yeah, going to have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and then I should be skating Thursday and playing this weekend. So Yeah, and uh, you know, a big challenge coming up. Uh, you got the Winnipeg Ice, um, one of the top teams in the country. You guys, though, I mean, I, what did Devin say? You know, 9-4 and four in your last 13 games. It, it looks as though you've found out what it takes to win in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, it's uh, been definitely a big change from starting 2-7 and seven to going 9-4. and four. So I feel confident, more confident in how uh, we're playing as to when we played them the first time. So I think it can be a different game. This team hasn't had a lot of travel so far this year. Obviously, this is an eight-hour trip to, to Winnipeg and a couple nights in hotels. What's your, your bus strategy? Are you a, a sleeper? Are you sleeping on the floor? Are you watching movies? What's kind of the, what's the Connor Vidston trip here? Um, I usually say I'm going to sleep, and then I end up sitting beside Brady Bernie, who talks my <laughs> ear off the whole trip. We usually get about half an hour of sleep in. <laughs> yeah, off ice and uh, away from the rink, we'll hit you with the, the classic question. What do you do to, to pass the free time? Um, uh, I watch movies on the bus and, uh, I don't know, sometimes we're playing cards at the back and stuff like that. So, uh, it's usually pretty quiet though. Everyone's in their own seats and doing yes. their own thing. Who's the, uh, who's the best card player on the team? Oh, um, you know what? Pelts is really good actually. Yeah. He's the vet. He's picked up a few uh, tricks yeah. over the years. You know, day-to-day -day, uh, away from the rink. Netflix guy, video game guy? Um, not so much video games uh, this year. Last year when uh, COVID struck, we were quite the crew in uh, Fortnite there. <laughs> but um, we have been playing a little bit. But, no, I usually like to keep busy. Right on. Connor Vidston joining us, our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, hope everything's good to go for this weekend, and thanks for making your way down to this end of the rink, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. A big thanks to our guests on the Broncos This Week podcast, head coach Devin Pratt, feature guest Connor Vidston, and it was good to catch up with Parker Rondeau as well of the Home Hardware Legionnaires, who was a second-round WHL Bantam draft pick in 2022 of the Swift Current Broncos. And I do believe that's a little bit of history on this podcast. 
because I believe Parker, that makes him the first second generation guest. Because back when we got this started, his dad, Jeremy, everyone in town knows JR, he was one of our guests as well. So the, the first time we've had a father-son on the podcast, we're, we're spanning generations, Bosch. Yeah, we just got to get uh, Ronan Buckberger on. We had uh, Ashley on a couple of years ago, and now we can get uh, Ronan on at some point, and we, he could be the, uh, the second second generation Bronco. Down the road, yeah, let's uh, let's hope so. But uh, you know, a big thanks to to young Rondo for joining us, Parker. He's having a great season with the Home Hardware Legionnaires as well. Uh, they're un- unexpectedly good. I mean, I think they were expected to have a strong season, but uh, nationally ranked and 16 wins on the year, so so good for the Legion. Yeah, sitting second in the uh, in the Saskatchewan U18 league right now, behind only the the Saskatoon Blazers, who seem like they're always number one in the league. So, uh, wonderful start to them, and a huge part of that has been not only the offense that uh, Parker Rondeau is contributing, but the goaltending of Bernie Weston, who is 12-0-1 on the year. Yeah, yeah, feel the burn, and uh, the Home Hardware Legionnaires crew playing some uh, entertaining hockey at the Iplex, as the Swift Current Broncos have been as well. A couple wins against the Edmonton Oil Kings, but uh, the degree of difficulty will be high. On on Friday night. Yeah, big test, no question about it. Uh, you know, Winnipeg is one of, if not uh, the best team in the entire country. They've uh, even made some moves to get better since the last time the Broncos saw them, picking up a Nashville Predators draft pick Graham Sward from Spokane and then also traded for San Jose Sharks uh, goaltending prospect Mason Bopit, also from Spokane. Uh, also, Matt Savoy and Carson Lambos were not in the lineup when uh, Winnipeg was here at the end of September. So you got the full Winnipeg lineup going, uh, hopefully the full Broncos lineup going on Friday as well. And uh, we're really looking forward to seeing how they stack up. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.